illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How you doing today, Beach? I'm doing all right today, Billy. It's it's been a long day. Yes, it's been a long few months. Yes, it has, but it all came to an end on Tuesday. Sadly, last yes. Tuesday. Yes. Sadly, yes. You know, you know, but but well, mind if I my my do my my thing on this? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so as many people know, I've been running for U.S. Congress for the last roughly about a year and a half, I guess, a little over a year. And uh, the election was on Tuesday. Uh, Maybe a few of you caught the election. It wasn't a big one at all. But uh, anyway, I reside in a very gerrymandered district, which means the the lines are cut to favor a particular party. And in my case, it's it's cut to favor the Democrats. Um, And actually, in my district, independents outnumber Republicans. But uh, I chose to run my little election campaign, self-funded, with the help of my brother, uh, with the help of Jess, uh, my sister-in-law, and my friend Kelly. And uh, I think we gave him hell. And uh, at the end of the day, um, I lost. But my votes cost me – I got about 100 and – what was the total number, Billy? Just, just shy of 138,000? You're basically 138,000. Okay, about 138,000 votes, and what was Suzanne? About 109 or 219? Yeah, 220, 222. Okay. Okay. Um, which isn't bad. It was a pretty pretty large turnout for the election. Um, I got more votes than any other Republican ever has gotten in District One in Oregon, and my votes cost me roughly three and a, a little less than three and a half cents a vote. 
and on my $5,000 budget. And my competitor, Suzanne, who won by, by a fairly sizable margin, but really within lines of Democrats versus Republicans and splitting the independents uh, is pretty much how it worked. Did you notice that, Billy? Yep. Yeah, so I, I think I did a fair job of, of getting about half the independents to vote Republican. That being said, her votes cost her over $4 uh, a vote. So three and a half cents versus four dollars. So in terms of value, I think I I think I did a really good job of showing my value to the public. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, I don't think my message was able to get out there far enough because I think a lot of people might have embraced that idea had they been able to see that a little bit better than just in my my simple uh, uh, social media attempts and and my little bit of. Uh, advertising just in my signs and and uh, that kind of stuff but anyway i'm very proud of what we did uh i think we did a hell of a job better than any other uh candidate uh, in district one and we did it just with ourselves without the help of the republican party um i did get some help from the republicans out in yamhill county they were very helpful and the ones out in um uh, Cl uh, Clatsop, uh county were were helpful as well a little bit of columbia county uh, not so much washington county they weren't uh, really there with me so, no. but I you don't, know, I don't. A lot of the people that I talk to down here really admire you. Um, I've really? I've had a number of them that said, you know, I'm not aligned with you and your brother politically, but if I were in that district, I would have voted for you. Well, that's good. Yeah, because they appreciate what you're doing. And I mean, I think it's important. I mean, the fact is that the money just. You know, here's the thing, you know, and whether you're on the left or the right, all the people who are complaining right now with all of the damn stuff going on, you know, if you don't like or you're scared of what Donald Trump might do, which everything is just a bunch of rhetoric, which ultimately he hasn't said. But the fact is what you're saying is you want less government. You are so afraid of what a president can do that you don't want a president to have that much power. Well, take your power back. Quit voting for people that take power. They take it through money. They take it through taxes. Take it through regulation. Don't let them take it. Vote for people that don't want the power. I never wanted the power. You know, it's funny. My, my view the whole time was take the power away from the government. Give it back to the people. Let people make their own free choices. You know, we don't need an, an omnipotent um, leader. Uh, I mean, all there are tyrants. And, you know, it's a sad thing. You know, a couple hundred years ago, the, the founders of this country knew how bad government was, and they tried to do their darndest to limit it. And here we seem to keep putting power towards it, and it just it just befuddles me. But anyway, so there you go. Uh, I can now be referred to as Brian Heinrich, the former Republican candidate for U.S. District 1. They're going to put that son of a gun on my tombstone, and, and that'll be my claim to fame. I'll probably even get a little Wikipedia thing about me someday. There you go. Pretty cool. So, All right. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others and just generally talk some beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have a little fun every week. All right, Beach. Uh, I want to remind everyone that they can listen to us on their iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and the Google Play Music Store. If you want to get a hold of us, there's several ways. You can email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Also, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Heinrich Tailgator. Also, check out Heinrich Tailgator on Facebook. All righty, Beach. Email back from, uh, or a message back from Kurt, listener Kurt. It says, Purdue fact of the week. Remember, he's our Purdue guy. 
he's actually an Oregon State guy, but he spent a lot of time in Purdue when his dad was back there. Yep, one, yep. one of the things you probably know about Purdue is that they are not very well known for their football. What you might not know is they have a long history of producing quality NFL quarterbacks. I couldn't find up-to-date stats, but as of 2012, Purdue led all universities and all-time starts by NFL quarterbacks with 724. Second was the University of Washington with 623, over 100 behind. As of that same report, they also lead all universities in total passing yards and touchdowns. Again, all of these figures encompass the entire history of the NFL. Purdue is also tied with Alabama for the most Super Bowl champion quarterbacks, Len Dawson in Super Bowl IV, Bob Greasy in Super Bowl VII and VIII, and Drew Brees in Super Bowl Forty-four. Hmm. Now, such a weird stat to come from a school who has played in even fewer Rose Bowls, two than Oregon State, which is three. Now he follows it up with a P.S. P.S. Beach has the gauntlet arcade game. Holy jumping up and down, Martha! I'm coming over. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, he does. And you know, it's it's free play, so you can just keep plopping in the same quarter. Yeah, and well, and uh, well, and I'll tell you, I don't know. Did I tell you that I got the? I can't remember what we talked about last week, but I got the screen replaced. The, oh, did you? Did you know that? Oh no. So the no the the uh, tube was bad. Oh. And my my guy who uh, Roger who fixes my arcade games for me, uh, I called him. He came over in in short notice, and uh, he just happened to have an old tube out of a tabletop Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man. Really? And he had it laying around in his uh, in his shop, and he's like, "This will work." And so it's got a little bit of a burnt uh, Miss Pac-Man <laughs> screen to it, but when the lights are on, it looks great. So <laughs> there you go. Adds a little flavor. All right, all right, BJ, ready to go into a little Beaver sports news for the week? Yeah, let's do this, Billy. All right, Beach up first, women's volleyball. <clears throat> love women's volleyball, Billy. I just freaking love women's volleyball. Leila Toner and Mary Kite Marshall each had 11 kills to pace the Oregon State volleyball team in a three-set loss to number 19 Utah Thursday night at Gill Coliseum. Then Mary Kate Marshall, McKenna Hollingsworth, and Lanisha Reagan all finished with double-doubles animal style to lead the Oregon State volleyball team to a five-set win over Colorado in a thrilling match Saturday night. Oregon State is now 11-16 overall, 4-12 in the Pac-12, and returns to action Wednesday night when visiting UCLA at 8 p.m. That match will air live on Pac-12 Oregon, Pac-12 Los Angeles, and Pac-12.com. Pac-12.com. So, uh, got it. You can watch it at Pac-12.com? Yeah. Or you can do it on on the uh, Pac-12 Now app. Okay. you, You can pay for that separately, or is it free? Um, if you, well, you have to be, you have to get the PAC 12 network through another provider. Okay. So like dish or Comcast or whatever. Okay. And then you get access to the app. Okay, cool. Okay. Hi, Hi. Up next is our final edition for women's soccer. How do we do, Billy? Well, their season's over, Beach, but Oregon State women's soccer forward Nikki Ferris has been named to the All-Pac-12 Honorable Mention team the conference announced last Tuesday. Now, Ferris will return for her senior year in 2017 for the Beavs and will be part of a veteran class of eight seniors. Cool. So let's, let's hope they have a better 2017 than they did 2016. I hope so. I hope so. 
Let, let's hope the football team does too, but but it's not over yet. Now, up, up next is women's soccer, or excuse me, men's soccer. Oregon State forward Jordan Jones has been named the Pac-12 Player of the Week last week, the conference announced last Tuesday. The junior scored three goals last week as the Beavs rounded out their home schedule. Jones started his week off by sparing it by scoring a pair of goals in Oregon State's 3-2 win over number 21 San Diego State on Thursday. The Pacific Grove, California native's acrobatic overtime gate winner was one of the best goals in college soccer this season and checked in at number seven on SportsCenter's top ten plays. Wow. So the Oregon State men's soccer team wrapped up the 2016 in style, earning a 1-0 road victory over number 14 Washington last Thursday in Seattle. Nice. So the Beavs finished their season 7-8-3 overall, 3-5-2 in the Pac-12. Now the Beavs graduate three seniors from the 2016 squad, Zach Stryer, Devontae Small, and Matt Arbergast. Now Oregon State will return an exciting group of players in 2017, including its two leading scorers, Jordan Jones and Timmy Mueller. So we, we should be looking pretty good for next year. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. You still need some younger guys to step up and, you know, see mm-hmm. what kind of freshmen come in, so. Cool. Well, it's just nice to get some scores that are coming back. There you go, Beef. Because God knows somebody's got a score. Yep. Because you don't. Up next, Beach is wrestling. How are we doing on wrestling, Billy? The Oregon State wrestling team opened the dual meet season last Saturday by splitting matches against Duke and Appalachian State at the Mountaineer Duels at Appalachian State's Varsity Gym. Now, where, where, where is Appalachian State? Oh, isn't that in like... I want to say it's in West Virginia. West by God. Appalachian State University is in North Carolina. A little off, Billy. A little off. A little off, but it's in not, North Carolina. Not bad, though. It's in Boone, North Carolina. And they have a gym there, in a varsity gym. It's called the varsity gym, yep. Now, the 15th-ranked Beavers defeated Duke 22-20 to in their opening duel but then we're upended 25 to 15 by the host Mountaineers. Now the Beavs open their home dual season against Michigan at noon on November 20th. And that will be televised by the PAC 12 network. So are these me? So, and again, I think we probably discussed this, but when you're doing on, on wrestling like this, is this pack, is this factored in for PAC 12? How is this? How are these meets factored in for your ranking? They factor they factor in everything. Okay, so you don't have like a a conference and a non-conference. You're just playing like hell. Yeah, you just have meets and you'll have your conference tournament at the end. Okay, okay, but they all matter. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So that home duel opening next in November twentieth is on Sunday. All right, Beach. Next up is women's basketball. I'm excited for women's basketball. We're going to go see a couple games this year, Billy. Okay. Now that the now now that the uh, campaign is over, we need to take some relaxation time. Sure. So, so the number Sorry. 17 Oregon State women's basketball team extended its home win streak to 13 consecutive games Friday afternoon with an 88 to 56 victory over Lamar at Gill Coliseum. You waiting for something? No. Sophomore Katie McWilliams posted the first double-digit scoring game of her career, going for 29 points in 11 for 14 shooting from the floor. The Salem, Oregon, Oregon native added six rebounds and four assists to her stat line. Senior preseason All-Pac-12 selection Sydney Weiss 
hit her first six shots of the afternoon to finish with 17 points on six for seven shooting. Now, Beach, just this evening, the Oregon State women's team moved to 2-0 on the season, earning a 61-38 win over Idaho State at Gill Coliseum. Now, senior guard Sidney Wee scored 13 points on 5-for-8 shooting from the floor and set a career high with six steals. Now, fresh, wow. now freshman Kat Tudor exploded from beyond the arc, hitting four over five three-point attempts to finish the game with 12 points. Now, Holy as, crap. As a team, Oregon State held Idaho State to just 27.1% shooting from the floor and outscored the Bengals 25-14 to in the second half. So the Beavs are 2-0 overall, and they will return to Gill Coliseum on Friday for a matchup with the University of Portland. That game is slated to tip off at 6 p.m. Hmm. So there you go. On, Doing anything? Friday, you, you working Friday night, Billy? Yeah, I got to work till 7. Oh, okay. Um, on to men's basketball beach. All right. You know, I heard a little bit on the news this morning about them. Yes. So Trace Tinkle recorded his second career double-double animal style to lead the Oregon State men's basketball team to a 78-58 season opening win over Prairie View A&M Friday night at Gill Coliseum. Now Tinkle, a sophomore from Missoula, Montana, scored 20 points and grabbed a career-high 15 rebounds to lead the Beavs to a victory in front of a home crowd of 4,765. Sophomore Drew Eubanks added 14 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 blocked shots. Now those 7 swats tied an Oregon State single-game record also held by Gary Payton II when he did it against Colorado February 21, 2015. Now, the Oregon State men's basketball team completed an opening weekend undefeated on Sunday with a come-from-behind 72-64 win over Texas San Antonio before a crowd of just over 4,000. Now, sophomore forward Trace Tinkle established career highs in points with 26, assists with four, and added 12 rebounds in a sterling all-around performance. It was his second double-double animal style of the weekend. Now, the Beavs return to action at 6 p.m. on Wednesday against Lamar at Gill Coliseum. That game will be televised by the Pac-12 Network. I heard uh, this morning, or actually it was a, a tweet that came out from uh, Coach Tinkle saying that he wants more fans in the uh, in the seats uh, for the next games. Yeah, well, in that tweet, he was actually really saying he wanted also to see more students, the Beaver Dam. Okay. He wants to see more Beaver Dam. He wants to see more, more fans, period, but he really wants to see the Beaver Dam. So the other thing just announced today by the Pac-12 is that Trace Tinkle was the basketball player of the week. All right. Yeah. So that's always cool. And and, and rightfully so. Yeah. So. So that is really cool. Hell of a job. You you know, it's just kind of cool to see uh, both basketball teams starting out so well this year. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And both. both, Kind of cool. Both. You know, the women ranked and the men, you know, hopefully they'll get back to the tournament again. So that's always yeah. good. Now, Beach, a couple of uh, notes for football. One, this week's kickoff against Arizona is set for 6 o'clock. Okay. I want to say 6 o'clock. Was it 6? Now I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's 6. So the Arizona kickoff is set for 6 o'clock this weekend. The kickoff for next week's Civil War game has been set for noon. Noon? Or no, sorry. You know what that? Sorry, one o'clock. It's one o'clock. One? Do you know what that means? No. It means we're having 
breakfast-style cheesesteaks again. Exactly. I think we should add egg. No. Okay. No. And I was wrong. This week's kickoff is set for 7.30. You don't know. You're just making crap up as we go. No, I had to check. Also, I couldn't yeah, it was remember. like 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, people. Well, last week's game at UCLA was set for 6. This this weekend, 7.30. Next week is 1. 7.30 and 1. So... And one more piece of news. This was kind of breaking this afternoon. And Abij, I don't know if you've heard about this. But um, so today the university tweeted out that wide receiver Seth Collins Mm -hmm. is in the hospital in critical condition. What happened? Well, nobody has – they haven't really said. It's been reported that he has bacterial meningitis. Wow. Yes. Um, Supposedly – he seems to be doing okay. So, yeah, but that that's what the reports are. That's crazy. So, um, is, is meningitis, bacterial meningitis, is that contagious or how do you get that? Yes, it is contagious. Okay. Yeah. Wild. So, um, suppose, didn't they have an outbreak of that not too long ago? I want to say University of Oregon. Okay. Didn't they? I think so. I think it was last year sometime. Yeah. Yeah. So um, supposedly there's an update this afternoon from Danny Moran, who's a reporter, that said Seth is in fair condition at the hospital. Okay. So, now, he just played in the game on Saturday. He yeah. Had, he had a couple of catches. So, but anyway. So, yeah. You know, I don't know enough about uh, meningitis to know how, how it affects you, how quickly it attacks you. That's wild. Well, it has it has a few days uh, incubation period, so hopefully he's okay. Hopefully nobody else is infected. Yeah. So, anyways, I just wanted to put that out there. Oh, hey, Beach. Yes. I think your uh, teletype's going off. It is really. It is. Holy crap! It always shocks me, you know, because. For some reason, it only turns on on Tuesdays. So, or Monday. What the hell day is today? Well, it's Monday, but people are listening to this on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, Monday nights. It, it turns on Monday nights. I can't even know what the hell day it is anymore. Okay, hold on, hold on. Billy. Yes. This just in. The University of Oregon football team organized a protest on Friday in downtown Eugene. Most of the players did not know the reason for the protest. When asked, one unnamed player responded, this is the only way we can get any media attention anymore. <laughs> a true statement. A true statement indeed. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> talking about all those protests, I just, they were, I was watching the news tonight. And so today a bunch of high school students walked out. Which, yeah, which I love. We but, want our boys. Billy, it was Portland Public Schools, so honestly, there was really no education going on there anyway. Pretty much, actually, there was schools all over. It was Maryland, L.A., a bunch of schools. Kids walked out. Which, if I was a teacher, I would have been like, "Pop quiz time, fifty percent of your grade." Hope you're here. Yeah. But um, anyways, they were interviewing these kids, and this one guy was like, "Really?" And these these kids aren't adults. They they were like under if if they're under seventeen. Really, they don't have the right to leave school. I know, I know. Well, and, and so they're out there talking, and we want our voices heard. And I'm like, well, 
How about you turn 18, start paying taxes, and then your voice will matter. But yeah. uh, anyways, they uh, said um, uh, this, this reporter's walking along talking to this one kid, and he's like, you know, she's like, you know, you guys are talking about fascism. Do you know what fascism is? Well, no. And then asked a couple other kids, well, you guys keep talking about fascism. Do you know what fascism is? Oh, I don't know. Great. He's so, a fascist. He's a fascist. I know. Love so, the line. Anyways. Like I said, I... All right, Beach. Well, after that, it's time to go under for the review for week number... I think that was week number 11 in the Pac-12. <sighs> after further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown. So we're getting we're getting close to the end here, aren't we? Two weeks. What are we? Two weeks left. Two weeks left in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. Some shockers this week. Yes, 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 yes. Good. All over the place there were shockers actually. Okay, so heading into this week, the scores were Kyle at 50 out of 71, you were at 52 out of 71, and I was at 53 out of 71. Now I've added Kyle's picks. Now I have to say. Kyle did send his picks in late because he sent them in after we got done recording last week. Mm-hmm. But I was going to read. A... But we recorded early though, right? We recorded a day earlier than. Yeah, normal. and he knew it, and he actually texted me while we were recording. He's like, "Are you doing?" I'm like, "We're recording right now." So we sent them, but it got to me after we uh, got done recording. So on here, um, he's the title of this one is just blah blah blah. So he said, uh, he said the Ute Speed ASU. Stanford at Oregon. Ducks watch bowl eligibility slip away. Stanford. USC at Washington. Odds have this game even. Washington crushes, and everyone is like blah, 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 blah. Colorado to Arizona. Okay, the odds must be must not be in because ESPN shows this one is even too. Buffs crush and roll out of town with some Sonoran hot dogs. I was in Tucson last February, and they were pretty great of the food carts. Cal at Wazoo. Cougat. Cal. Beavs at, at UCLA. Beavs got this. Going to actually take advantage of a turnover beeves win. Then he finished with this. Running with an inspired campaign of a government of the people for the people, Brian Heinrich takes the first congressional district of Oregon. Go Beege. <laughs> That's awesome. So Thanks, I, Kyle. Appreciate I, it. I'm to put that in there. So we, we still hate you, Kyle. <laughs> but all right. Okay. So let's get into last week. So first up, there was a game on Thursday night, the 10th. Number 15, Utah was at Arizona State. Kyle took Utah Beach. Who did you take? I took a Utah. Actually, all three of us did, which was that good. No, no movement in the scores. No. Running back, Utah running back Joe Williams had another big game in his post-retirement tour, and number 15 Utah had 11 sacks among its 22 tackles for loss, leading the Utes to a 49-26 win over Arizona State Thursday night. Now, Utah overcame a slow start with a series of spectacular plays against the FBS worst passing defense, to end an eight-game losing streak in Tempe. Now, Williams ran for 181 yards and a pair of scores, giving him 844 yards and five touchdowns in four games since returning from a four-week retirement. Troy Williams threw for 296 yards and three of his four touchdown passes to Raylon Singleton, who had 116 yards on four catches to help the Utes stay within reach of number 16 Utah, or excuse me, number 16 Colorado in the Pac-12 South. Now, Utah's defense found a new level of pressure. The Utes harassed Arizona State quarterback Manny Wilkins all night, most of it coming from Hunter Dimmick. The senior defensive end entered the game with seven sacks and nearly doubled that total against Wilkins, pulling him down five times to break a school record. 
Wow. Yes. So, just I wish the Beavs played Arizona State this year. But they don't. All right, Beach. So, uh, we all got the point there. Up next, all the games were on Saturday, November 12th. Up first, Stanford at Oregon. Um, Stanford at Oregon. Uh, pick Stanford on this one. I'm pretty sure we all did, didn't we? Yes, we did. So Again, no movement in the scores. Stanford junior quarterback Keller Christ, who took over for Ryan Burns at the end of last month, threw for 258 yards and three TDs in Stanford's 52-27 victory over Oregon on Saturday. Stanford is now 3-0 with Christ at quarterback. His breakout, along with Christian McCaffrey's big day, provided some offensive equilibrium to the Cardinal. McCaffrey ran for 135 yards and three TDs. Now, the loss means that Oregon will finish with a losing record for the first time since 2004. It also effectively knocked the Ducks out of contention for a bowl game with two games left. Now, McCaffrey ran for a 61-yard touchdown to put Stanford up early. After Oregon lost the ball on a fumble, McCaffrey scored again on a five-yard TD run. Last season's Heisman runner-up needed just 20 yards going into the game to reach a 1,000-yard mark for the second straight season. Now, Oregon freshman quarterback Justin Herbert, who started his fifth game after taking over for graduate transfer Dakota Prukup, threw for 272 yards and two TDs, but he also threw two interceptions. You know, they should actually consider changing the name of their mascot. Instead of being called the Ducks, they should be called My Bitch. <laughs> and that way, we're going to play Oregon, My Bitch, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what do you think? What well, do you think? And if you if you they are so my bitch. If you okay. if you if you've seen them, if you've seen the scores they've they've put up or it's been scored against them in conference, they haven't uh-huh. given up less than forty points in a conference game this year. Wow. They've had fifty, sixty, and seventy scored against them. And you know it's funny because for so many years they were the ones running up the scores. Oh yeah. You know the offense was just so high powered and so fast. That, I mean, you literally you just couldn't keep up with their scoring. Yeah. Now, today, so the the past uh, athletic director at Oregon, his name was Pat Kilkenny. Uh-huh. Um, so P.K. Park, the baseball field for the Oregon Ducks, is named P.K. Yeah, Park for Phil Knight and Pat Kilkenny. The, oh, I didn't know that. Yes, they're both good friends. Pat Kilkenny is a very wealthy man, made a lot of money in insurance now didn't his did his son who didn't one of them play for uh oregon state no didn't we have a kilkenny that played for oregon state at one time no oh okay who am i thinking of i don't know because we'd say oh my god they killed kenny you bastards i have no idea what you're talking about didn't i swear to god we had a kilkenny play for oregon state like seven eight years ago sure beach Am I going? Am I am I smoking crack again? I don't think you ever stopped. But anyways, so um, Pat Kilkenny uh, called um, John Canzano, who's a columnist in the Oregonian, also does some TV work on Channel Eight, and has a radio, a sports call-in show on Seven Fifty The Fan. He uh, got in on Canzano's radio show today. Brian, Brian Kilkenny? Sure. I don't know who you're talking about. You're an ass. But anyways, so he uh, got in on Oregon uh, John Canzano's radio show today 
and basically said that Phil Knight never said he'd pay somebody $10 million to coach the team and a bunch of other stuff. Canzano asked him if he would give, you know, even though he's no longer the AD at Oregon, would he give uh, Mark Helfrich? Does he think Mark Helfrich's going to get fired? Kilkenny said he wouldn't wouldn't, um, comment on that because that's not his job. And that basically he and Phil Knight do not call the shots of who is the coach at Oregon. And my thing is all that's just plausible deniability. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Oregon. Uh, this is just the article I'm reading off of OSUBeavers.com. And it says returning O-lineman, Oregon State returns all five starters on the offensive line for the first time since 2003 when Matt Brock, Brian Kilkenny, David Luz, D- Doug Nienhus, Losey, Ninehouse, Los- Ninehouse, and Kanan Sanchez man the trenches. Brian Kilkenny. Okay. All right. There was a Kilkenny who played for Oregon State, so I wasn't smoking crack this time. That doesn't mean he's his son. Okay, but there was a kill. I just said there was a Kilkenny that played for Oregon State. Was he related? And you act as if there was never a Kilkenny that played for Oregon State. So, Beach, on to USC at Washington. Remember who you took? Um, I took Washington. Actually, all three of us did. USC quarterback Sam Darnold threw for 287 yards and two TDs and upset number four Washington 26-13 last Saturday night, snapping the Huskies' 12-game winning streak and damaging their college playoff college football playoff hopes. Now, Darnold was outstanding against one of the top defenses in the Pac-12, showing why USC has surged since he became the starter. Darnold lofted a pass over linebacker DJ Beavers, who's playing for the wrong team in my opinion, and into the arms of tight end Daniel what the, hey, hey. what the hell kind of name is that? It looks like you. Imatorba like hey, hey. No, that's how you say it. That's how you spell his name. I am a t o r b h e b h e. I'm a tuba hey, hey. <laughs> for an eight-yard touchdown strike in Get the opening moments up. of the fourth <laughs> quarter and gave USC an 11-point lead that Washington couldn't overcome. Now Ronald Jones II added 93 yards rushing and a touchdown as USC won its sixth straight. Now, Washington lost starting middle linebacker Azeem Victor in the second quarter to a lower right injury, lower right leg injury that required an air cast and a cart to take the Huskies' leading tackler off the field. His absence was felt in the past game where USC exploited the middle of the field after that. And it's come out today, Beach, that Victor is done for the season. Now, Washington quarterback Drake Browning was 17 of 36 for 259 yards, including a 70-yard TD pass to John Ross, where he shook Jackson at the line of scrimmage. Now, Ross finished with eight catches for 154 yards, but the Huskies were held to just 17 yards rushing after coming into the week as the Pac-12 leader, averaging 231 yards per game. Wow. Yep, just stuffed them up front. USC just had a great game plan going on. Yes. And, again, even if they don't win... A game, most of the time when USC lines up against anybody, they have mm-hmm. superior athletes at almost every position. Just because of who they are. Yeah, yeah. Because they're freaking USC. Yeah. And they can get the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. All right. None of us got the win there. I mean, I mean, they, I mean the song girls alone would bring any of the top talent to, to USC. Oh, song girls. 
All right, Beach. Up okay. next, Colorado at Arizona. We uh, well, I took Col. I think we all took Colorado because, well, as you have been saying the whole season, Arizona kind of sucks. That's true. Colorado quarterback Cephalafau passed for three TDs and ran for another, helping number 16 Colorado roll over Arizona 49-24 on Saturday night for the Buffalo's first four-game win streak in 14 years. Now, the victory keeps the Buffs atop the Pac-12 South with games against number 23 Washington State and number 13 Utah coming up to close out the regular season. Now, Lefau was sharp after being banged up against UCLA, hitting 19 of 27 passes for 213 yards, including two touchdowns to Shea Fields. Lefau also ran for a two-yard score. Now, running back Philip Lindsay ran for 119 yards and three TDs, helping the Buffaloes to their best start since opening the 2001 season at 8-2. The Wildcats moved the ball well on offense, but failed to capitalize on some early chances to allow Colorado to pull away. Now, Samaje Grant ran for 113 yards and two touchdowns, and the Wildcats outgained Colorado 417 to 388 in total yards. Arizona also had 13 penalties for 143 yards and three drives that ended with missed field goals by Josh Pollock. Wow. Yep. Arizona so. just couldn't get it together. I mean, even if they everything was failing on them. Correct. Missing that many field goals. Correct. So, anyways, uh, we all got the win there. Next up, Beach is Wash or Cal at Washington State. And uh, I think we all took the Cougs on this one. All of us, oh, except Kyle. Except Kyle. Kyle. Yep. Because Kyle said the Cougs would Coug. Yep. Washington State is 7-0 in conference play for the first time in its history. Quarterback Luke Falk threw five touchdown passes, including three to River Craycraft, helping Washington State beat Cal 56-21. Now, the Cougs have their longest winning streak since 1930 and are on a surprise quest for a Pac-12 championship. Now, Cal quarterback Davis Webb threw for 425 yards and three TDs for Cal, which has lost three straight games and is struggling to keep its bull hopes alive. Craycraft caught nine passes for 87 yards before leaving midway through the third quarter with a leg injury. Falk completed 36 of 50 for 373 yards with one interception. Now, the former walk-on broke a team record with his 23rd game of at least 300 passing yards. The Cougs produced 654 yards of total offense in the game, including 254 rushing yards. California's high-flying offense piled up 525 yards but struggled to get in the end zone. Demetrius Robertson had a pair of touchdown receptions for the Golden Bears. Wow. So you and I got the point there. Kyle did not. I just can't believe. I mean, I can't believe how good Washington State's doing this year. Um, But still, the Apple Cup's really going to be – I mean, it's – it's still looking like the Apple Cup's going to be a major game. You know, it's going to define who wins the North, depending on how next week goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it depends on so. what happens this weekend. Yeah, yeah, but once that's over with, if they both win out or lose, they, it, it, it's going to make the Apple Cup well, a fun game to watch. As long as Washington wins this week, the Apple Cup will be for the North. Okay. So if Washington loses, then. It's and, done. Well, and, and Washington State wins, then Washington State has. Yeah. So. But if, uh, but even if, uh, even if uh, they both win out, then you're going head to head. And if Washington wins, they'll still win because on a head to head, they beat the other guy. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Wow. What do we know when the Apple Cup is? Next week. I. Uh, uh, it's next week or the week after. Next week. Same. Really. Same time as the Civil War. 
Oh, well, then that's that's a week and a half. Before. That's next week. Not this week. Okay. Next week. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Do, but do we don't know what time, though? Oh, I'm not sure next week. Okay, because, yeah. I mean, it it be might behoove us to uh, leave the tent up and put the put the uh, put the TV up to watch that game. Of course, it'll probably be windy and cold and rainy and miserable. But might um, be a. Um, let me see if I can find a game time here. Uh, twelve thirty. Hmm. On Friday. So, on Friday. Ooh. So it'll be twelve thirty on Friday. That's exciting. So they got the Friday game and we got the Saturday game this year. Correct. Okay. So. All right, Beach. The last game of the week to look at is Oregon State at UCLA. And we all picked the beeves on this one, Billy. That's true, Beach. Now, running UCLA running back Bolu Olorunfumini. Olorunfumini. God dang, some messed up names. <laughs> rushed for 65 yards and one TD. Jalen Starks ran for two TDs, and UCLA used its second best rushing performance of the season to hold off Oregon State 38-24 on Saturday night. Now, Randall Goforth returned an interception 40 yards for a touchdown, and Mike Faithful threw for 281 yards and one interception as UCLA snapped a four-game losing streak. Now, Oregon State running back Artavis Pierce had 73 yards rushing and two TDs for Oregon State. The Beavs are 1-15 in, in conference games under second-year coach Gary Anderson. Now, Oregon State linebacker Manez Hungaloo recovered two fumbles, including one he returned 40 yards for a TD, pulling the Beavs to a 24-21 in the third quarter. Hungaloo also had an interception return it for 37 yards out of the end zone to stall a Bruin drive early in the fourth quarter. And Beach, the Beavs played well. They just didn't have enough in the tank. I didn't, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. So, cause I was working all day. I mean, I worked all day Saturday from, from eight to midnight or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, but they looked they looked decent. Other than we just didn't have enough. Well, we just don't have enough offensive firepower. Defense played well, you know. Uh, they, they actually, uh, other than the uh, Hungaloo interception, they scored off both of those Hungaloo fumble recoveries. One he scored mm-hmm. himself, and the other one he got down there pretty good, and the Beavs ran it in. And also, two um, the Beavs had a sweet punt return where it was almost kind of a – I don't know if it was a fake, but the return was set up one side, and Dockery was on the other. And I don't know how he caught the ball because it was over his shoulder running backwards, and there was nobody there, so he turned around and ran it almost back for a touchdown. Wow. It was a great play. And I don't know if it was planned or not. I still haven't found out. But uh, it worked well. So Cool. Anyways. But, yeah, Blees played well. They just don't quite – here's the thing. You watch that duck game, mm-hmm. they've given up. They, they've packed it in. They're done. Oregon State, they keep fighting. They were fighting all the way through. And the one thing I keep hearing out of Oregon State players, we want to win for Coach Anderson. Not we want to win for our seniors. We want to win for Coach. Yeah. He's putting it on. And that tells me something. They're fighting for that guy. Whereas is uh, with Helfrich, which I like Helfrich, but I just think he doesn't have that. So somewhere along the lines, he lost his team. Well, I just don't know. You know, a coach needs a certain amount of gravitas, right? The certain mm-hmm. amount of 
charisma. Now, you can be a guy that gets up and shouts fire and brimstone and gets guys after you like that, right? Yeah. Kind, kind of like a Jim Harbaugh or a, yeah. De- or a Dennis Erickson. Mm-hmm. You, or you can be somebody like Mike Riley, who they just respect the hell out of. And, you know, he does his cheesy uh, hip, hip hoorays at the end. And, mm-hmm. and the and the players love it. Yeah. So, you know, and, and there's either way. I just don't think Helfrich has any of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with you. See, good. Yeah. You know, he's not a bad guy, though. You know, I mean, there's those other, you know, he's no Tommy Tuberville. True, 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 true. But anyways, so I just don't think he has that. I think he's probably a really good offensive coordinator, not a head coach. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach, so let's look at the Pac-12 in the polls this week. So uh, this week's uh, AP and USA Today coaches poll came out. In the AP poll, Washington checks in at 7. They fell to 7. Utah at 11. Colorado at 12. USC 15. Washington State 20. And Stanford is in the others receiving votes category. Now, the interesting thing about that, Beach, USC went from not ranked to 15th. Wow. Yeah. Now, in the coaches' poll, Washington State, again, fell to 7, Utah at 11, Colorado 12, USC 19, Washington State 20, and Stanford and the others receiving votes category. It's just kind of crazy if you ask me. Now, Beach, in last week's, because the playoff poll comes out after we record this, but the playoff poll last week, number one, Alabama, number two, Michigan, number three, excuse me, number one, Alabama, number two, Clemson, number three, Michigan, number four, Washington. For the Pac-12, Colorado checked in at 12, Utah 15, USC 20, and Washington State 23. It'll be interesting to see what happens Tuesday night, Beach, because number two, Clemson, number three, Michigan, and number four, Washington all lost. Hmm. And to me, number two, Clemson's loss was the worst because they lost to Pitt. Wow. And Pitt hasn't been that good. Michigan lost... um, to Iowa, which isn't great. And Washington probably is the least offensive one since they lost to somebody who's already ranked. So, Yeah. But anyways, so this is what I keep saying, though. People are worried about, oh, what's going to happen? You know what? Just win. Win your games, and you'll make the playoffs. <laughs> if you win, if you go undefeated, you'll be in the playoffs. Because rarely mm-hmm. do they have one, let alone two. You, you might have one undefeated team a year. Rarely do you have two. And I've never seen yeah. four. So... Win your games. It doesn't matter. But anyways. All right, Beach. Well, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, the Tammy Tuberville Jackass of the Week Award. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. So, Beach, I had something kind of funny here that I was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's it had to do with uh, uh, Iowa and Michigan, but uh, something else popped up. So I'm just going to mention the Iowa Michigan game. So, okay. So Iowa, years ago under um, past uh, head coach at Iowa, legendary head coach Hayden Fry, he had the Hawkeyes the Hawkeyes visiting locker room painted pink in 1979. Uh-huh. So supposedly he did this to gain a pregame psychological advantage against opponents. Now, it was subsequently changed, but the school rebuilt its pink locker room in 2005 during a stadium renovation project. 
and it has been a subject of controversy ever since. Now, leading up to this game, Michigan made so 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 just to clarify, they painted it pink. Down the road, they painted it back, and now they just did a renovation and painted it pink again. Well, they did originally in 2005, yeah. And they painted the whole thing pink. I mean, like, the walls are pink, the floor is pink, the benches are pink, the lockers are pink. It's all pink. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, well, what happened this week, and like I said, this isn't really our Tommy Tuberville. And this wasn't really a jackass thing. I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> the Michigan's equipment staff redecorated the room so it was full of maize and blue. Pictures, flags, and phrases. So they went and printed stuff out, hung up flags and pictures and stuff everywhere. Penny of big block M's. Um, they wear Jordan brand uh, logo uh, uh, uniforms, and so they had that, mm-hmm. they had that stuff all over the place. And they did a 58 second video on Twitter showing it off with "Hail to the Victors," which is their uh, school fight song, playing over the the loudspeakers in there. Which is kind of funny because Michigan, who was ranked number three and a three touchdown favorite in the game, lost to the Hawkeye, the Hawkeyes fourteen to thirteen on a last second field goal. Holy crap! I'm looking at the. Uh, You're looking at the thing. It's all pink. Well, even the urinals are pink. Oh yeah, it's all pink. And the toilets are pink, and and the floor and wow! But they decorated it. Looks it, you couldn't tell. Yeah. So it's they a, covered over everything yeah. with amazing job. Yes. So the I think the um, the equipment crew, you know, pulled off their game game plan perfectly. The football team not so much. But then today something else popped up on the radar. Have you heard uh, who was in the news today, Beach? Uh, there was an Oregon duck who is no longer an Oregon duck. Yes, Beach. Cliff Harris, the former All-American cornerback and kickoff returner for the Oregon Ducks, was arrested early Sunday morning in Clovis, California, and faces charges relating to the theft and drugs in his latest legal trouble. Now, the arrest comes one year after Harris was sentenced to a year in jail and three years of probation after pleading no contest to a felony charge of arson. Upon sentencing in December 2015, terms of Harris's probation forbade him from using drugs, drinking alcohol, and required him to attend drug treatment counseling for his mental health. Now, his arrest late Saturday included a felony charge of violation of that probation. However, along with the misdemeanor charges of theft, possession of a controlled substance, and possession of paraphernalia. Now, Beach, did you see the picture? Did you see his um, mugshot? No. Okay. It is. Well, this was the one I was. This isn't the one I was thinking of, though. Um, well, yes, there was also another player. Yes, we'll do that one too. Okay. Yes. Holy crap! Do you see that? His eyes are like up in his head. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's gone now. While at Oregon, Harris, who was 25, left a lasting impression in just 27 games, setting U of O single season records for his punt returns, including four touchdowns and total yards and average yards during Oregon's run to the Bowl Championship Series National Championship game in 2010. He also ranks eighth all time with 30 passes broken up. Now he was suspended for the start of the 2011 season for a violation of team rules. Months after his car was stopped for traveling 118 miles an hour and was with a suspended license, when the officer pulled Harris over, he told the officer, or the officer told him he smelled marijuana, to which Harris responded, "We already smoked it all." Now he was, he was dismissed from the program in December 2011. Now Harris briefly made an NFL roster 
after not being drafted, but his career ended in May 2013 after being arrested for marijuana possession while in New Jersey. Now, he and his New York Jets teammate, Harris Bid, began his career in 2012 as a free agent signed by the Philadelphia Eagles, were cut the next day. Now, four days after his arrest for marijuana, Harris arrested for domestic harassment outside of Buffalo Wild Wings in Hillsborough, Oregon. The women he was with did not press charges. So, there is such wasted talent. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a guy that could have become something great and through poor choices of his own, and he has nobody to blame but himself. Yep. And yeah. he threw it all away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it looks like for drugs. Yeah. You know, that, that's what gets me, you know. It, it, California just legalized marijuana, and, and Oregon has had it legalized in Washington and Colorado. I think it's those four states, right? No, it's more. It's fifth? a hell of a lot more than that. It's like nine. It is okay, but you know, just because something is legal doesn't make it right, and it, it's just sad, absolutely sad. Because I mean, that's that's all I view drugs as is just a waste of time, and a waste of of God given talent. Yep. And he's absolutely living proof of that. Yep. Now, Beach. also on that note, Oregon junior lineman Austin Molata was dismissed from the team by Coach Mark Helfrich following his early Sunday morning arrest near the U of O campus. Now, Molata was arrested at 1.48 a.m. Sunday, hours after Oregon's 52-27 home ass-kicking by Stanford after his car was reported as driving through a red light near the Oregon campus before colliding with another vehicle near the intersection of East Broadway and Hilliard. Now, officers suspected Molata, 19, was intoxicated and arrested him for DUI and reckless reckless driving. Methamphetamine was then found after a search of the car, and he was also subsequently charged with possession of a controlled substance. Now, he was released from county jail at 10.51 a.m., less than six hours after being booked, and is scheduled to appear in Lane County Circuit Court on November 29th. The six-foot-one, 305-pound mulatta grew up in Pago Pago, Samoa, before playing high school football in Corona, California. Now, he served a one-game suspension and missed Oregon's number fifth loss at UCLA, or excuse me, USC, before returning to the field Saturday against Stanford. Now, Mulata is the second Ducks defender arrested in the past two weeks following Eddie Hurd's November 2nd arrest on charges of fourth-degree assault and harassment. Now, Hurd later pled not guilty to the assault charge and will appear in court December 8th. Now, Hurd has not been dismissed from the team but remains suspended indefinitely. Wow. And with that, I think that kid getting arrested after the other kid got arrested, that seals... Helfrich's fate. I'd say. Because he's losing control of the team. Yep. Yep. Now they've got an excuse. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, Cliff Harris and Austin Malata, for being such idiots and not keeping your. How hard is it not to do drugs? I don't understand that. But for all that, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Award. All the talent in the world, no self-discipline. Nope, none at all. So, anyway, Beach, it is now time to move on to this week's musical interlude. Go ahead. I had to, so, hold on here. Got to get off the Cliff Harris thing and look at my thing. 
this song, keeping with our hell theme. Okay, and I don't think we've done this one. Sometimes I forget what the hell we pick. I need to start listening to this podcast more frequently. Um, so this song was originally written. Well, let me first ask the question, Billy. In a battle, who would win? Lemmy or God? It's a tie because Lemmy is God. Exactly. So, originally written by Lemmy for the German band Skew Siskin, this song plays over the opening credits of the film Airheads, in which Lemmy makes a cameo appearance. Uh, the song was released as a single in November 1994, featuring Lemmy, Ice-T, and uh, Whitfield Crane. Who's the lead the single... singer? He... Whitfield Crane is the lead singer from uh, Ugly Kid Joe. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, well, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, the single features a radio edit, the original Bastards album version, and the Dust Brothers live and funky mix. Anyway, uh, this song, let's just get to it, Born to Raise Hell by the British heavy metal band Motorhead. So you want me to play the version from Airheads with? I want the version from Airheads with Ice-T. Okay, then here it is. And Whitfield Crane. Then here it is, Born to Raise Hell. Burn your feet. 
I do love that song, Beach. Dude, it just wails. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It's so, a great one. I, I, was, I, I love I like I like this hell theme that we're doing. That was gonna be my pick next week. Was it? Yep. I'm yep. sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I will come up with something else. Okay. All right, Beach. It is now time to move on to the week twelve Pac twelve preview. Now, I forgot to update our standings after last week. Um one, two, three. Looks like Kyle got three out of six while he sucked. Um <laughs> He's pushing 50%. Although you and I only got four out of six last week. So the scores are as follows. Kyle at 53 out of 77. You are at 56 out of 77. And I am at 57 out of 77. All right. So. But just Kyle, just remember 50% of the time it works all the time. There you go. All right, Beads. All the games will be on Saturday, November 19th this week. First up, number 23, Washington State at number 12, Colorado. Now this is big. Because Colorado has to win to keep pace with Utah, and USC is actually nipping right at their heels. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Colorado. Okay, Beej is taking Colorado. Kyle says, first up, Congratulations to Beach on getting involved and running the type of campaign all Americans should be proud of. So there you go, Beach. There's a little half. There's a little thing. Okay. Uh, Wazoo at Colorado. Both from blue states. Both blue counties. Close game. Wazoo a little more red. Wazoo wins. Kyle's taking Wazoo. I, too, am taking Washington State. So there you go. Um, Up next... Oregon at number 15, Utah. Utah's just going to swipe the field with those, uh, with my bitch. With your bitch. <laughs> no, no, the Oregon, my bitches. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> so Kyle says Ducks at Utah. Blue State versus Red State. Red State wins. Utah. And I too am taking Utah because I think Utah might hang 60 on them. Rock. <laughs> Oh, they're going to – Williams is probably going to go for like 300 yards. I, I wonder if uh, Helfrich has started working on his resume. I don't know. Well, he'll have a nice – he'll have a nice paid out. Yeah, he might – He might. you know, with what he's going to get paid, I'd just retire. I mean, what's he get, $10 million just, just just to get fired? Pretty much. It's a good deal. Pretty much. All right, Beach. You know, you put that in the bank, make a decent return. You could, you could live happily. All right, Beach. Next up, Stanford at Cal. Ooh, the battle in the Bay. I just don't think Cal has it this year. Stanford's going to eat them up. It's the big game. The big game. What do they play for? Stanford Axe. The Axe. Yep. So Kyle says, Stanford at Cal. So much blue. Condi is from Stanford, right? Stanford. So I, too, (laughs) am taking Stanford, and Kyle took Stanford. And actually, Kyle, just so you know, Condoleezza Rice is who I voted for for president. I had to vote for somebody that I would feel proud of voting for. So that's who I, I voted I, for. Actually, I just watched a small little uh, video on Facebook about her today. And she's amazing. They, yeah, they were interviewing her about the, the racial divide in this country, and she had a, a an amazing perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, she, she talked about looking at all the positives that have happened over the last – Hundred years mm-hmm. on race relations and and how do 
she she mentioned the the cultural issue where uh in urban settings how uh, people get ridiculed for for speaking intelligently and uh acting respectably mm-hmm. respectable and uh, she said that's that's really where a lot of the failure is coming from uh-huh. So, but she said it much more eloquently than I did. Oh, she's lo- lovely, lovely gal. I mean, just, and, you know, and, and, and re- reading George Bush's book, he relied on her probably as his, I mean, I really think that she was one of his most key advisors. If if you look at all those people that worked with her, when they talk about her, there is the utmost respect and almost awe for that woman. Yeah. Because of well, how, she, because one, incredibly intelligent and to me, no ego. No, no she, ego at she all. She doesn't care who gets the credit as long as the right thing happens. Mm-hmm. Which you don't see often. You know, Ray, Reagan had that uh, quote. Yeah. Says, uh, actually, I've got it sitting behind me. Says, there is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sitting in my desk right here. Yep. And like I said, it's who I voted for because she's somebody I respect. So, anyways... Um, up next, Beach, Arizona State. Uh, so we're all taking Stanford on that one. Up next, Arizona State at number seven, Washington. Um, you know what? I think Washington's going to beat the holy living crap out of Arizona State to redeem themselves from last week. And I think that's going to make the Apple Cup all that much sweeter after Colorado wins. Yep. I, too, am taking you a dub. Kyle says, ASU at Washington. Arizona went red and Washington went blue. So, wait. Peterson is coaching like he did at Boise State, and that is in Idaho. And that state went way red. Washington, Washington, and everyone is like, but if the Huskies win in the Pac-12 championship, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, there you go. I do love the political overtones of this one, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Okay, and up uh, next up, Beach, number 15 USC at UCLA for the victory belt. The Battle of the Acronyms. Um, yeah, Uckla's not that good. I think USC's just going to – USC's going to eat them up, spit them out, eat them up again, spit them back out again <laughs> like a cow. It's like – like what, what do they call that? Chump? What do they call that crap that your, your cow just sits in? Cud? Cud. That's that's what US. That's what UCLA is going to be. Is going to be cud instead of UCLA. It's going to be CUD. It's going to be cud. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, BJ. I'm taking UCLA. Kyle says US. You're, you're taking UC. You're taking UCLA. No, I'm taking USC. Oh, yo, you said UCLA. No, I'm taking USC. I've got it written right down here. USC. Oh, well, you said it wrong, and then we would have had to hold you what you said, not well, what you wrote, I, because none of us can see what you're writing. You liar. I've got it right okay. here. So Annette, uh, Kyle says, USC at UCLA. USC remembers the time when they were playing here twice a season on a regular basis. Because they were playing at the Rose Bowl twice. Oh, yeah. He says, both very blue. USC wears red. USC wins. So Kyle's taking USC. Up last beads, the last game of the evening, Arizona at Oregon State. Who you got? Well, I'm going to be fat, dumb, and happy from a full plate of nachos and my Sonoran-style hot dog. And I'm going to be sitting in the stands paying for my $5 frickin' Sprite or Slice or whatever the hell Pepsi calls their their lemon. $5 for a soda inside Research Stadium. <laughs> it's a 
That's more than Disneyland. I know. It's like one and a half times. And it ain't no freaking Disneyland. There ain't no Splash Mountain there. So I don't even have a back to my freaking seat, and I'm sitting on aluminum. $5 soda. (laughs) Bastards. Okay. uh, Go back to the game. At least they let us keep our lids, unlike the bastards up in Washington. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Well, I liked it when you walked in with your own lid that time. Okay. <laughs> I, I, too, have taken the beefs. Um, okay. Did I say I'm taking the beefs? Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle said Arizona at the Beavers. Trump's face is orange, and he won. Go Beavs. <laughs> so there you go. Well, you know, they say orange is the new black. There you go. All right, Beach. Up next is our first of this year. Actually, first of a couple years. The Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke. Play of the game. and spaz make me want to puke. All right, Beach. So, I see the link on my on my on my thing. There. Can I click it? You can click the link. You know, we should put the link on on the on the post so people can see it too. I will. I will post. I will post the link on the uh, show notes. Watch this, Baylor. Okay. So this is Baylor quarterback Seth Russell will undergo season-ending surgery after fracturing his left ankle at Oklahoma on Saturday. The surgery will end his college career at Baylor. You there, Beach? Yeah. Okay. You watching it? Well, I saw him go through it. It'll play. He's not even moving. I mean, well, he's moving. Watch till they replay it. It looked a little weird. No, watch when they replay it from the backside. But he was he was hurt right there. Yes. Watch it from the backside. No. Ooh, oh god. <laughs> oh god. Holy crap. It went backwards. You know That pa- was like crap you only see in a cartoon. <laughs> the reason why we do this is so I can gross you out. Oh my god. It was like facing towards his butt. I know. <laughs> Oh you know, my God! It's, it's, it's Holy a, crap! It's a horrible thing to laugh about. Um, he he will he did have surgery. Everything was successful. He'll be okay. Um, but his playing career is over. Oh God! I saw it again. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Now you you know it's bad when the players oh. from the other team stop and start yelling at his sideline to come out and attend to him. Yeah, because the, the the guy that took him down, he immediately took off his helmet and he pointed. Yeah, you know, because he can see. I want now. Oh, Ru- Russell was injured after being tackled on a nine-yard one midway through the third quarter. He was carted off the field, but not before players from both teams approached Russell to shake hands and exchange high fives before he was driven off the field. Russell was able to leave the stadium on crushes with his lower leg heavily wrapped. I'm surprised that he even stayed. Uh, cause I mean, he landed on his back and he immediately started pointing at his ankle Oh yeah, because, as well as the other guys did. But I mean, because it was sideways and it, oh my God, he had to been in such pain. That thing. Look, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty horrible. Now, Russell oh. also suffered a season ending injury last year when he fractured a vertebra in his neck. The, that injury also eventually required surgery, but he was cleared to play again over the last summer. Anyways, I only play that to weird you out, Beach. It's the only reason why we do those. Oh, that makes me want to puke, Billy. Exactly. <laughs> and so I can play that quote from Tanner Boyle in the Bad News Bears. Love Tanner Boyle. 
All right, Beach. it is now time to talk about this week's upcoming Arizona game, Tailgater. Uh-huh. So um, on the menu, now the game is until 7.30, so we will be cooking until 6.30. But mm-hmm. on the menu, Beach, is Sonoran-style hot dogs. Love Sonoran-style hot dogs, Billy. Did you see the link I sent you on Facebook here last week? Um, yes, I did. They uh they look tasty. I think they use a different bun on the ones I sent you. Yes, they they use a different kind of bun, but I can't find those very easily. Because it almost looks like they just kind of bury the dog inside the bun as opposed to having like a sliced bun. Yeah, yeah. So now a, a Sonoran style hot dog, for any of those who don't know, is a hot dog wrapped in bacon and cooked on a grill or griddle, then topped with beans, grilled onions, f- fresh onions, tomatoes, mayo, cream sauce, mustard, jalapeno sauce, or salsa. And served on bread. So I can't find those exact buns. Hmm. So. I, I know people at France, should we ask? I, well, I'll, I will We're see. A little, what, late, a little late now. Yeah, I'll see what I can do tomorrow. Okay. okay. But anyways, we bring out tons of stuff so you can put it on top. And uh, bring out pinto beans. I'm also, we also, since it is this, we can also do a kind of a nacho bar. Because we will have Qdoba cheese sauce and all the fictions for nachos, so we'll just do nachos too. Love Qdoba cheese sauce. Mm-hmm. It's the best queso ever. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And I'm deep frying stuff. Yep, you'll be we deep frying do, stuff. We going to do churros? Yes, since you didn't do churros the first time I brought them out, you will do them this time. Well, it kind of fits the theme anyway because it's kind of Mexican-y. Yep. So, so well, that'll be exciting. Plus, we got plenty of time to do churros. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping I, uh, well, I should have some sleep this week. Next, uh, the Civil War, you'll be lucky if I'm even uh, coherent. There you go. So, I had to sell my soul to get the day off of work. Okay. So, so we're talking, I'm working 16 hours mm-hmm. on Friday so I can have Saturday off. Mm-hmm. So, you don't care. You don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. So... No. Like as long as your ass is out there by six o'clock to help set up, I don't care. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you bastard. So anyway. So anything else we want to do for this week? Ooh, I have to give a shout out to Lisa. So my oh. friend Lisa Trump. So she told me I needed to give a shout out to her to, when I talked to her today. Okay. So shout out to Lisa. There you go. So that's all I had. Okay. Um, anything else? I, I don't think I got anything, Billy. Okay. Sorry, I feel like such an utter disappointment. That's fine. So I did utter, you know, going back to the chewing the cud. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 86 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Heinrich Tailgater. Also check out Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Music Play Store. If you do, please leave a rating and review. You can also listen to us on your iPhone or Android device with the Stitcher Radio app. Beach. Billy. It's been great. It's going to be a long tailgate this week. Yes. But uh, it'll be fun. So nachos and Sonoran-style hot dogs forever. You know, nice thing is nachos you can just notch on them. So um, it'll be a lot of fun. 
I want to still thank everyone. Remember, uh, next week we'll have show number 87. We'll have more Beavers and Pac-12 news. We'll recap week 12. Look forward to week 13 and the Civil War. And then we'll finish it up, as we do as always, with a great big Go Beavers. Damn it. Yes, we are. Sweet. Okay, did I send you the thing? I do not see the thing. You got a song? Ooh, I had to pick <clears> a song, <throat> don't I? Shit. Forgot it was my week to pick out a song. There, it's sending to you. Okay. <clears throat> Go ahead and start, Billy. Can you move your microphone just a bit back from your mouth? Is that better? Yeah, because I just pick up all your breathing. Okay, I'm sorry. <clears throat> what are you doing? Um, scratching my ear. Okay. So we're gonna. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna edit this out. So you okay. see down there where it says my name on the Skype. I'm sorry. I should have hit me. And there's that little mute thing because I hear I, all that. I'm sorry. Okay. It, it hurts yeah. my ears, quite frankly. So okay. 